Welcome today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Revelation. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com, and if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 14. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Bibles tonight, turn to the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 12. The 12th chapter is dealing with the seventh trumpet judgment in which Satan is cast out of heaven. And it's going to be a time of rejoicing if you'll look down at verse 12. Revelation 12 and verse 12. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. I don't know about you, but I plan on being there when this particular event takes place. By faith, I'm going to be there. Not because of anything that I've done. Not because of anything that I've quit doing. Simply because my faith is in what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. By faith, I'm going to be there. And by faith, I'm going to rejoice. By faith in what this book says, we can rejoice now because the devil's day, his day's coming because that's what the book says. And we can rejoice now by faith in what this book says. I think that the reason there's no more rejoicing and praising and worship going on in our churches today is because the people don't believe what they're reading in the Word of God, and uh, maybe they're not listening to what's being proclaimed from behind the pulpit. But I believe there should be more rejoicing. The rejoicing has to do with your faith. If your faith is strong, then the rejoicing is going to be strong as well. But at any rate, It's going to be a time of rejoicing when Satan is cast out of heaven. And it's also going to be a time of woe. It says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath because he knows that he has but a short time. Satan knows that he has a short time to try to win this age-old conflict that started sometime in the eons of the past when Satan was known as Lucifer at that time. He wanted to be God. 
The 14th chapter of the book of Isaiah tells us that he led a rebellion against God. One third of the angels sided with him. And Jesus came along and said, I beheld Satan fall as lightning from the heavens. And then we see him in the book of Genesis tempting Adam and Eve and uh, gaining the dominion over this world. The apostle Paul called him the God of this world, little g. And with that, Satan is the God of this world because of sin. Sin is what gives Satan the legal right to rule and reign in this world. And he is still trying to be God. And God has had a lot to say in his word. God cannot fail. His word cannot fail. And God has said a lot of things in his word and has prophesied a lot of things as it pertains to his people, Israel. A lot of these prophecies have not come to pass. It is still yet future. And Satan has got it in his mind that if he can destroy these ancient people, if he can destroy Israel, if he can destroy the Jews, completely wipe them off the face of the earth, then what God has prophesied and promised will not be able to come to pass. Therefore, God's word will fail and fall to the ground, and Satan can ultimately set himself up as God. Although this conflict took place sometime back there in the eons of the past, it is still raging and going on today. And at this particular time here where Satan uh, will be cast out of heaven uh, because of sin, he is the God of this present world and he has access to heaven. He goes and presents himself before the Lord and asks permission to do certain things and God grants him permission to do certain things. He can't just go do what he wants to do, but he has to go and ask permission and God allows him to to do certain things. But there's coming a day where he will be cast out. He will no longer have access to uh, the throne of God and he'll be cast out. And when that happens, he is going to try and destroy Israel like he's always tried to do. We can go all the way back to Pharaoh in Egypt and all the different empires of the past that have come along and has persecuted Israel. Satan has been behind it. Uh, in recent years, going back to World War II, Satan raised up Hitler to try to destroy the Jews because he knew that we were nearing the time when we would see the fulfillment of uh, the Scriptures. But he knows at this time that he's cast out of heaven. He's got a short, uh, short time, and he's going to persecute Israel. And he's going to do that, if you will, look at verse 13, Revelation 12, verse 13. When the dragon saw that he was cast out unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Now, this woman, as we see up in verse 1, is the, is the woman that John was talking about with the moon and the stars and so forth. All of these are symbolic of Israel. The woman is simply Israel. 
And someone would ask the question, so how is all of this going to play out? This will be happening at the midpoint of the tribulation period. This is the time where the Antichrist will break the seven-year peace pact with Israel. He will march into Israel with his armies, with the intentions of destroying Israel, killing all of the Jews at that time. And Satan, his fallen angels, and demon spirits, which have just been cast out of heaven, knowing that he has a short time, is going to back the Antichrist. He will empower the Antichrist to do things unlike any other human being in history has been able to do, just as Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel, heal the sick, to save the world. The Antichrist will be anointed with all the powers of darkness to preach his message, to give forth his mark, to lead many astray and destroy many at that time. Now, some will escape out of his hand. If you look at verse 14, Revelation 12, verse 14. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. This woman was given two wings of a great eagle. Some say that these two wings represent airplanes and helicopters. Could it be that John, in this vision on the Isle of Patmos, could it be that he saw airplanes and helicopters? Could be. Uh, Airplanes and helicopters very well could be used at this time Um, in helping Israel. Who will help Israel at this time? Some have said that this great eagle will be the United States. Will the United States step in at that time and side with Israel and help Israel? I don't know. It's hard to say. I believe that the United States is the most powerful nation in the world simply because our greatest export is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God has blessed this nation because of that. And as powerful as our nation is, we would all like to think that at that time the United States will step in and help Israel, but I don't know about that. The current administration that we have, he says that he's going to back Israel. But you look at some of his actions and how sympathetic he is toward the Muslims. I don't know about that. You're kind of talking out of two sides of your mouth if you know what I'm talking about. But let me say this, the only reason that the United States has supported Israel and helped Israel in the past is because of the Christians, the God-believing Christians in this nation that go to the polls and vote in politicians that 
will side with Israel and say they will back up and side with Israel. But in recent years, as we have seen, we had not had a whole lot to really choose from as it pertains uh, to voting and whatever the case. But like I said, in years past, the only reason we've uh, sided with Israel is because of the number of Christians in this nation. And you've got to think about it. When the rapture takes place, every true believer in this nation is going to be gone, just like just out of here gone we are the only ones that are holding back the tides of darkness we're it and when we're gone there's going to be nothing to hold back the tides of darkness there's no telling who will be voted in at that time and we don't know what their policies will be so will the united states side with israel at that time I don't know. It's hard to say. The United States is not mentioned in Bible prophecy. Now, there are some that try to take the word Jerusalem. And if you'll look right in the middle of Jerusalem, you'll see the letters USA. People try to read between the lines and say, oh, well, that's where the United States will come in. And they'll point to the eagle here in verse 14 and say, well, that's the United States. That's speculation. We really don't know. And someone would say, well, why doesn't God mention the United States in Bible prophecy? Number one, the book of Revelation, the great tribulation period, is not for the United States. It's for God's chosen people, Israel. It's to bring his people back to God, to bring them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is the United States not mentioned in Bible prophecy? Someone has said that maybe the United States is not even here when those things take place. It's kind of a scary thought when you think about it. So what exactly do the two wings of the great eagle mean? What does that mean? I think we'll be safe to just say that somehow God is going to step in and miraculously help Israel at that time. And that's, I think we'll be safe to say that. All right. That she may fly into the wilderness. If you will, turn over to Matthew chapter 24. We've looked over these scriptures several times. We went into it at some depth here just a few weeks ago. Matthew chapter 24. We're going to pick it up in verse 15 and hold your place there in Revelation chapter 12. Because we're going to go back to it. Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Now, which mountains is he talking about? He's talking about the mountains in an area where the Antichrist will not be in control at that time. So where is it? Daniel chapter 11 tells us. 
If you want to flip over there to Daniel chapter 11, or if you want to just jot this down and look it up sometime when you get a chance, Daniel chapter 11, we're going to pick it up in verse 41. Daniel 11, verse 41, he, that he is speaking of the Antichrist, he shall enter also into the glorious land. The glorious land there is talking about Israel. He shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape out of his hand. Even Edom and Moab, and the chief of the children of Ammon. Now what in the world is that? That is the modern day country of Jordan. And the mountain in that area that we believe that Israel will be going at that time is the ancient city of Petra. There's an old city there up on the mountain. And it's a very narrow opening into that city. And I read some time ago where people have been sending canned goods and whatever the case up there for this particular time. Because the scripture says uh, in uh, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 14. Where she shall be nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. So God is moving and working now. Moving within the hearts and lives of people to send canned goods and different things uh, to this particular place. Preparing for this time when Israel will be on the run from her homeland and go to this place to be protected. Uh, Revelation 12, verse 14, again, let me explain something here. Some of you may already know this. We are in the middle of the tribulation period here in Revelation chapter 12. Three and a half years into it. The latter part of Revelation 12, verse 14 says, Where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time. A time refers to one year. And times refers to two years. And half a time refers to half a year. So you've got one year plus two years. That makes three years. And half a time makes six months. That's three and a half years. So you're at the midpoint of the tribulation period. So if you're wondering, James, how do you know this is at the middle of the tribulation period? That's it. The tribulation period is going to be seven years. And when it says right here for a time and half and a time, well, a time and times and half a time, that's three and a half years. I'm going to talk right here in a minute. Any questions on that? All right. Revelation 12, verse 15. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman. That, she, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Uh, just hold your place there and turn to Jeremiah chapter 46. Jeremiah 
chapter 46. Now, in Revelation 12 and verse 15, we have the phrase, waters as a flood. The waters as a flood refers to the armies of the Antichrist going after those who have escaped out of his hand. Uh, Throughout the scriptures, words like flood, rivers, waves of the sea are used to describe enemies or uh, that are coming against Israel. For example, if you'll look at Jeremiah chapter 46, move down, if you will, to verse 7. Jeremiah 46, verse 7. Who is this that cometh up as a flood, whose waters are moved as the rivers? Egypt riseth up like a flood, and his waters are moved like the rivers. And he saith, I will go up and will cover the earth, and I will destroy the city and the inhabitants thereof. So there we have an example of enemies of Israel, the armies of the enemies of Israel being referred to as a flood. Flip over one chapter, Jeremiah chapter 47, verse 2. I'm going to show you another example of that. Thus saith the Lord, Jeremiah chapter 47, verse 2. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, waters rise up out of the north, and shall be an overflowing flood, and shall overflow the land, and all that is therein, the city and them that dwell therein. Then the men shall cry, and all the inhabitants of the land shall howl. At the noise of the stamping of the hooves of his strong horses, at the rushing of his chariots, and at the rumbling of his wheels, the fathers shall not look back to their children for feebleness of hands. And there we have again the word floods and waters being used of armies coming against Israel. All right, if you will, flip over to Isaiah chapter 59. Isaiah chapter 59. What we're studying in Revelation chapter 12, verses 15 and 16, is a fulfillment of Isaiah 59. Move down, if you will, to verse 19. Isaiah 59, verse 19. Isaiah 59, verse 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood... The Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression to Jacob, saith the Lord. 
In other words, the Lord is going to come and help Israel at that time. So, Revelation chapter 12, verses 15 and 16 is a fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 59. Now, Isaiah chapter 59, how many of you have heard that verse before? When the enemy comes in like a flood, God lifts up a standard against him. That particular scripture goes for all of time. But it will actually be fulfilled at the midpoint of the tribulation period. Okay, go back to Revelation chapter 12 again. Revelation 12, verse 16 is where we're going to pick it up at now. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth, and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. All of this is symbolism. And it very well could be that an earthquake takes place at that time and there's an opening in the earth and it swallows the army of the Antichrist as he goes out after these that are running from Jerusalem. Very well could be an opening in the earth just opens right up and swallows the armies of the Antichrist. And boy, is that going to make the devil mad. Look at verse 17 of Revelation chapter 12. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Now I want you to notice what is happening here. The remnant of her seed, Israel, is now keeping, verse 17 keeping the commandments of God and have the testimony of Christ. What's happening? The whole purpose of the tribulation period is to bring Israel back to God. And by this time, and at the tribulation period, the remnant, those that are left, have given their hearts to the Lord they're trying to keep the commandments of God and they have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And that's, like I said, that is the purpose of the Great Tribulation period. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.